Welcome to PR360, a weekly public relations podcast where we bring on the best and brightest minds in the PR industry. We discuss the important topics that you need to know. Tune in every Wednesday to find out. Hosted by Brett Dicer and in partnership with Global Results Communication. Find more information on globalresultspr.com. And welcome to a new episode of PR360. And I'm your host, Brett Dice. If you please subscribe to PR360 on your favorite podcasting hosting sites, leave a five star review if you like this podcast. If not, let us know how we can do better for you. Also, subscribe to the YouTube page for all the lovely YouTube videos as well, our video episodes as well. But this week, I have Stephanie with me, and we're going to be talking about life coaching, VIP coaching, all the coaching you need to feel better about your life because. Nowadays, with everything being so high and everything, it just feels good to have some coaching and make our lives better. But she also has written children's books. She also has done her own travel franchise as well. She's she's a jack of all, or Jill of all trades, I actually should say. So welcome to the show, Stephanie. Thank you for having me. I feel super honored. I'm very excited. And we're excited to see what our conversation is going to be about. But my first question is I ask all my guests is, are you a coffee or tea drinker? I am a coffee drinker, but really I only drink the coffee for the cream. <laughs> mm. Any favorite creams that you put in your coffee? Oh, yes. I love this. It's a um, lion's mane mushroom creamer, vanilla flavored. I feel like it jumpstarts the brain tower, but it's really yummy. And it's kind of my go-to or a good hazelnut. And I definitely drink the coffee for all the fun things that go inside of it. <laughs> nice. And I gave a brief summary of your expertise, but can you give our audience a little bit more about what you do? Yeah. I mean, my expertise really would be a solutionist and a coach. I love solving problems and helping people, you know, find their purpose. I have a background in hypnotherapy and life coaching. Right now, I currently am a VIP treatment coordinator coach in the dental field. And I help other dental offices build their dream team, as well as edifying and empowering their staff and just finding efficiency in their office. Nice. And you've published two children's books and raised over 15000 for charities, which is quite admirable. And can you share your creative process for these books and why they were leading to the nonprofits? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was always a bucket list to write a children's book. And the first one was kind of just like my legacy I wanted to leave the world. And it's called Hashtag Know Your Worth. And it also, part of the proceeds goes towards breast cancer research and education. Part of the money I had fundraised was $5,000 um, to Susan G. Coleman in under 30 days, where I had to get really crafty before that book came out, even reached out to past Bumble dates um, and found people to be able to help me reach my goal. And it's in honor of my niece, actually, who's still fighting triple negative uh, breast cancer. And she found out at the age of 30. So it was just really inspiring to watch her just be such a resilient soldier through this, you know, process and learning about breast cancer um, and that it can happen at such an early age, you know. So when I got divorced, I, you know, went through this process of realizing my own worth. And so I feel like anybody that's really of any age reads that book will get something from it. And that's kind of like my, my niche I like to do in my books is pick the illustrator and a page of my choice that you'll see throughout my books and my tortoise is hidden in them as well, Penelope Joy. 
and just picking fundraisers and foundations, nonprofits that, you know, touch close to home. So my second book goes to St. Baldrick's uh, Children with Cancer. And my third one, I'm working on my own nonprofit. Um, it's evolving right now for Luna's Light. And that's for just changing the stigma around infant um, death and stillborn community. Got you. And then since writing your first book, how has your writing changed your process for future books? Is it a little bit more of a strategy of like, I got to do this, this, and this, or is it more creative and like whatever flows? Yes, it's definitely more of a a strategy. I learned that the hard way. I mean, even fortunate that I published my first one in 2018. So pre-pandemic. And it was wild then, you know, with printers and, and I, you know, I had a day I wanted to do it. Uh, you know, for October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month as well. So it was just, I had these goals that I really had to switch my effort rather than changing the goal to make sure that it was going to be attainable. So you utilizing that uh, going forward, but just being a better planner, making sure I had the illustrations done and what I wanted to execute really, I always hand draw out all of my books. And, you know, I find these amazing illustrators to bring it to life and really fulfill my vision. So really, it's the planning process and um, just networking and asking other people, because it's funny, once you publish one book, and your name gets out there, you get some of these scammers and all this stuff. It's unfortunate that a lot of people, you know, fall into this trap. And so that's always my advice. If it sounds too good to be true, it most likely is. And, and to really look into that, because if you want to get your book published, you just want to make sure that it's going in the right hands and that you have a plan. Mm. And so do you use any apps or any, you said you dropped, do you use any apps or any like planners, like writing stuff down to kind of help with your ideas or is it mostly just Right. I'm I'm old school. I definitely, you know, something about that pen to paper. I'm really big into journaling and and all mine are like spider webs. That's just how my brain works. I'm not a linear person. They're written everywhere or drawn out. I have gotten better to utilize my phone and put it in the apps. A lot of my ideas and things that I work on planning, I fly a lot for work and you know for pleasure. So I utilize that time. Like I really focus on that we all have 24 hours in the day. And I feel like I use my 24 hours down to the last second. So usually flying is my time for inspiration, motivation, meeting people, you know, always my flight companion, whoever's next to me, just mingling and taking pieces. Like that's also in my books. I feel like I try to like some people collect, you know, spoons or cars or things. I collect people and stories. And I like to incorporate that not only in my books, but in my life. Gotcha. And did you do any type of like PR strategy to help boost your books reviews? Cause I feel like reviews is the always the hardest part of anything. It's like, how do we get people to positively review our stuff? It is. And I'm, and you know, and I'm a very organic person. Like my whole motto really is purpose over profit. So I try to like stick to that and stay true to myself and, and not have a thousand reviews, right? Like it is helpful. And I try to tell you know, friends and family, the best way you can ever support an entrepreneur or just anybody of a small business is review. It's free, you know, and especially if you've read my book, that that means more to me. So like I have a lot of people that buy my books for birthday presents or showers or what have you. And I'm always like, you know, if you can, then you remember, can you please leave me a review? Um, at least on Amazon. I don't 
sell as much on there because I can't donate as much uh, due to the royalties. So directly from me, plus I like to personalize the books and um, mail them myself and put a little fun letter or incorporate a video with Penelope and I. Um, but yeah, it's definitely you, the marketing strategy behind it all. You, you just have to go more social media. You know, I put it on my LinkedIn, my Twitter, and you can pay for it, but I just, I haven't because that's not my purpose yet. You know, eventually I would love to get my books out there more and change the world, you know, one book at a time, but I'm organically and slowly building it. And that's really how I just ask if somebody's like, Steph, I really loved your book and it was so great, the message or what have you. I'm like, can you send me a photo, you know, so I can put it on my Instagram. Also, would you mind leaving me a review? Um, but I think you're right. That is a hard thing. But if people just take the time um, to do that and just help each other out because reviews are real. I mean, I read them too before I buy anything. Mm -hmm. I even help podcasts. So reviews just help books and podcasts like nobody understands basically. Yes. So we're going to tag team. I'm going to hook you up <laughs> with a review after this too. Nice. And I mean, speaking of books, you're going to be coming out with three. I don't know how you figured that part out, but <laughs> next month. So can you give us some insights on like, how did you do that? Because I feel like one is hard enough, but you decided to challenge yourself and do three. Yes. I, well, I am a woman of breaking glass ceilings. My goal was two books in two years and I did it. And then I took a break for a while and said, I'm not going to write another one for a while. Uh, just because the process, it really is time consuming and it's emotional, you know? Um, so I feel like book three was kind of a whimsical blessing that came into my life. I'm really big on, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Collateral Beauty with Will Smith, but it's about lifetime and death. And it's kind of interesting because every time I watch that movie, I always take something from it. And subconsciously, I have written my books in that order because the first one was written with love. The second one was written with magic. And this one was written with hope. And it was a close friend who actually uh, experienced the stillborn. And I wasn't really educated on that or knew how many of my friends and family went through that. And her daughter really had a hard time struggling thinking, you know, it was her fault and not understanding why her baby sister Luna didn't come home. And this is also kind of how Luna's light evolved as well to where I wanted <clears throat> to write a book to help explain the process and be be real but also whimsical you know and learning through her what was helpful because what do you do for a family that's going through that you know like I sent them a matching pajama set like I don't I don't know how to be a source of comfort but just be there so I started just sketching out images and you know saying these affirmations and putting my hypnotherapy and saying yes you know your sister died but it's not your fault emotions are okay and helping siblings be able to work through these emotions because they're real. If you think about it, kids have these tantrums and, and we tell them, stop crying. That's the worst thing you can say. You want them to work through some of those emotions and then they get over it, you know, which is probably why they're so happy. And I, and I love children because they actually deal with their emotions, but they need help navigating. And so that's kind of how book three came over is just to change the stigma around infant loss and stillborns. I mean, so many people, even more celebrities that you know of are hearing that are being more open about this vulnerable, you know, intimate situation. Before I would see people take pictures, you know, with their dead baby. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is intense. I don't understand it. 
And now I have such a different lens by having so many close people talk about this. And I want them to be able to have a safe place that it's okay to talk about your dead baby just as much as it's allowed to talk about your baby who's alive, you know, and people not to feel awkward and for us to be coached through it, you know, what's appropriate, what's, you know, hurtful, you know, there's so many things that in society right now that I feel like we're already stepping on eggshells, that this is something I just want to be a way to open up and and be a source of like comfort for people. Because the more I started talking about this book, um, I learned even my neighbors, you know, had gone through this. My own mother had gone through miscarriages. And it's like, it was just wild to see that people are either embarrassed or uncomfortable to talk about this. And so that's how book three really evolved is trying to help her daughter and my friend through this process and keeping it unisex, you know, in this book that it's like big brother or big sister and a family, because so many people focus on mom, you know, going through this, but dad is just as much hurting, you know, and it's like, how do you just pick up your life and go back to work and business as usual? You know, so I felt like this book to me really was just to help the world. Like it didn't even know it needed this book, you know, and the resources that are going to come of it. And I'm praying and hoping that, you know, my um, nonprofit with my friend Ashley really evolves to help families going through this difficult time that we can navigate it easier and, and be our own community. Nice. And then, I mean, we talked a little bit about publishing, but I mean, for writers, do you think they should go on the path of self-publishing or trying to find a book publisher? I feel like we both have their pros and cons, but which one doesn't seem like it's better for first-time writers or even people that have written before? I think it just depends on, on your goal, you know, of what you want. The first one I did was self-publishing through Book Baby and Amazon, and that was a different process, you know? and and money-wise, like it's really expensive. I could not be a children's book author full-time yet, um, you know, with how, how much goes in investing into it. But that's kind of where I've always just changed my mindset. It's, it's different than most because it is purpose over profit and to be able to get it out there. So I feel like it really depends on your goals, but to do your due diligence. You know, I learned with the third book, I'm like, I want this to be big. Because this book needs to be everywhere and help so many people that I reached out to um, Blue Balloon. And it's kind of a, they're a sister company with Ballast Books. And it was just a different process, more expensive, but I'm hoping to get more marketing from them and more support as far as to get the book out there, like on Ingram Spark. There's all these different platforms. And that's what I try to help other uh, people that are looking into publishing. It's just do your due diligence, get in those Facebook groups, you know, and that's how I found it. There's another great guy, Todd Plaster, who has a Facebook group that helps, just you know, local and people all over the world as well. It's a really small group. I think it's like a hundred of us that are in there, but he has been such a great source of like, he has a whole YouTube channel. Just you can, you know, it's the effort that you put in is what you're going to get out as far as marketing. And I'm, I am a Jacqueline of all trades. So my focus isn't so much on marketing yet, but I would love to evolve my YouTube channel and do live readings uh, for kids. And I would rather have parents plop their kid in front of a YouTube channel where I'm going to educate and edify and empower at such a young age, you know, even if it's for four minutes out of their day, rather than just watching like cartoons or something. So it's on my list uh, to do because yeah, your book can evolve into so many things. And I think that's what makes it 
so magical. Like eventually I want my own Penelope Joy stuffed animal at some point. Nice. I mean, it almost feels like, I mean, other industries have like indie spaces. Gaming has their indie space. Music even has their indie space, but there doesn't seem to be many book publishing, like indies type of a thing, like smaller things. feels like all the book publishers are usually focused on the big picture or bigger authors. So it almost seems like that's a pain mm-hmm. point just for the book publishing thing is just finding like an indie space that doesn't charge you ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. And like, I've seen, I've actually learned a lot in that Facebook group where I've had a lot of people say that they've just taken their illustrations to a local print shop and turned it into a book there. And then they sold it at market, you know, so you can really scale it down and scale it up. I feel like the people that are like New York times bestseller and all this stuff, they have that backing, like either they're an influencer or they have these followers on social media and, or they're already a celebrity. You know, like I joke because I auditioned for the bachelor and it was pilot Pete's season and I already published my two books, but he actually published his book through blue balloon as well. And, you know, it was everywhere, which I'm like, I'm going to capitalize on that and tag him in some things since we have a little history, even though I didn't go on The Bachelor. But it's just kind of funny. I've noticed, you know, it's kind of like celebrities with their tequilas now. It's like so many different people are coming out with their own alcohols. And so I feel like it just depends on the product, too. But really, you know, your status and your net worth of how far it's going to go, which is why I say it depends on your goal. You know, I want my name to be known because I'm going to change the world. You know, the first time I actually had a patient tell me that they asked Alexa who I was. And it was like the coolest moment in my life to know that Alexa knew that I was a published author, you know, but I'm just, I'm just one of the small people right now. It's true. I mean, we got to start somewhere and usually it's small. Yeah. So I'm like hoping that, you know, my page, my story will be somebody else's you know, page in their book to help fast forward the process and know that it's doable and that, you know, I take some advice from my tortoise that it's direction, not speed. You know, my boyfriend told me that, and it is something that I really resonate with because as long as you're not quitting, you're still succeeding, you know? And like I said, it took me 12 years to publish that first book because I didn't meet all the right people to the puzzle piece. And then it's like, once I was able to publish that, I had that research and understanding to build my foundation for book two and be able to really push it so I could do my two books in two years. I don't know where I come up with these whimsical goals, but you know, and then it flourishes into something that's totally different, you know, but has a collaboration where it's tying them all in together. And it's such a real thing where I tell people that are writing the book is it's like, if you can't find the book you're looking for, sometimes you do have to write it yourself. Yeah, it's true. I mean, go out and do it but i also i mean i keep on hearing you say like and this is what we've all have to teach ourselves is that you learn through failure like for example i broke my rss feet on my own podcast three times like i didn't want to do that but made me learn yeah no failure is like i feel like if you're not failing you're not trying and you're not going to succeed because it's it's all about risk right but you you have to i have so many people that say that and i I feel like I want to be a big advocate, I guess, for failure. Because when I look back at my life, oh man, it's a list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, I mean, we keep, you keep on talking about purpose over profit, but can you expand on the type of idea? Like how, how did you come about it? And what, what, like, what is it driving you towards the future? Cause I mean, it's, it's a, it's a pretty good motto and we just love to hear more about 
exactly what it's all about to you. Yeah. I mean, well, eventually let's hope that there is some, you know, profits that come along with it uh, in the sense that to make a living off of it. But I think to have your a mindset that's based on a message uh, rather than an amount is what's going to help me be successful because know your worth, you know, my net worth after my divorce was not even like $800. And I had to get really crafty, hustling, having multiple jobs. Um, and, and just figuring out how to build my network up, you know? And then I realized in the area that I was working at the time, it was very affluent. One of the most wealthiest uh, people that I was interacting, but the most sad. And I'm like, wow, my net worth is less than 800 bucks and I am so stinking happy, you know, like, and how can I, how can I bottle that to portray that message that I think people get so miserable and, and sad and they think that money is a measure of success but they forget if you're just going to a job for a paycheck, it's what's the fun in that? You know, you have to have some sort of purpose in it and obviously be able to make a living. And I think being able to combine those two and just preach that, that if you could do that, everything just falls into place. It truly does. Like it's magical. I could be at, you know, the most broke I've been in my life, but yet I've still been able to fulfill this message of what I'm trying to bring to the world, which the first one is knowing your worth and knowing you're, you're valued and you're worthy. And the second is just unleashing this imagination and innocence, you know, that children have this second book has over 105 characters. Um, and I think we look at these days, like everybody just wants to be a grown up. You know, I went to target, I'm looking at the clothes for these little girls. And I'm like, I was wearing that when I'm like 15, I might wear it now. And I'm in my thirties. You know, so I kind of want to just be able to bottle up the magic of people knowing their worth, being innocent and being creative and having this imagination and not caring so much what other people think to be brave enough to fail, you know, and to have that motto purpose over profit is just something I feel like I've modeled in my life. And I know that I will, I will never be empty handed in that sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. I'm it makes a lot more sense. I mean, we all want profit because, well, we have to eat and do, do stuff. It pays the bills. But, I mean, you have to have more than just money. I mean, money's great and all, but it it's never the key to happiness. Or it can lead to some happiness, but sure. it won't bring you, I should say, it won't bring you joy. There's a difference between happiness and joy. And I feel like that's kind of like your gift to the world, right? That's what I think is like. I found my purpose and that's to edify and empower and inspire other people that through my books, I'm hoping I can do that and I can share that. So for me, that's profit. Like in that sense, that's how I measure it is the more people I can make happy, you know, even if just one person read my book and they're like, Steph, you changed my life. You changed my kid's life. You know, that's, that's why I did it. You know what I mean? To just be able to feel that I'm inspiring others without even knowing. That's why I always tell people like, keep going post, you know, not just the happy stuff that goes on in your life, but the bad stuff too, because you truly never know who you're inspiring. Like once I published my books to the outreach and the people that came to my book signings that I hadn't seen or spoken to in years, but that were, you know, just low key following me through social media and still supported or even donated, you know, to these causes and helping me get my book published. It was awesome. And I think that's because my mindset and my goal is pure. Like I truly want to leave the world better than I found it. 
and everyone that you know helps support it, you're you're along the path. You know, you're you're tag teaming with me, and and that's what I think we're supposed to do because life is hard. You know, but it doesn't mean it can't be fun and it can't be magical. So I feel like even if your job and you're you're working for the money, find something that gives you that purpose so you can be profitable, not just so much in wealth, but you know, in, in purpose. Gotcha. And then I mean, talking about work life balance, how do you manage like all this stuff, like being a coach, nonprofits, writing a book? How do you manage that and still find time for fun? Because without fun creative there's no creativity i mean you have to have your mind wander without wandering your mind doesn't really get that creative it's always Mm -hmm. focused which is fine discipline is another great thing to have but how do you find that balance because i feel like work-life balance is a creativity in itself it is and you know i'm a big advocate for self-care it's a hard thing in my life because i truly strive not to be a selfish person i have been married and with people in my life that are very selfish that I know what that feels like that I really never wanted to be a selfish person but I would confuse that with self-care and I think being on a on a flight really changed that and I took a cycle bar class and it resonated when this instructor said you know you have to put your own mask on first to save someone else's life on a plane before putting on somebody else's and it was so impressionable that I'm like that's so true like we forget that and we deplete ourselves because yes, I do have a lot of stuff going on. It's like a buffet plate always in my life. And everyone knows that about me, but I do take these days um, to unplug where I leave my phone. I I put it on silent and um, just meditate, just be bored. Like that's where I think the magic happens too, is being bored. So many people are scared of white space and they need to be busy all the time. And as a person who is constantly busy, I sound like an introvert extrovert. I'm giving my energy out all day that I can't wait to get home and just be by myself, you know, and take that time to truly unplug, have tea, sit in the hot tub, whatever, go for a walk, journal. You know, journaling is really huge for me. My best friend um, really inspired me, Shani, for this because she was just in a whirlwind of change and was like, Steph, you got to manifest, you got to you know, journal these things. And I recently went to a spa unplugged with another friend and looked back at my journal and it was wild to see something I had written in February totally came into fruition this month with my new job being um, a treatment coordinator coach in, in the ortho world. And this is my dream career that I've always wanted, you know, to inspire others and coach through this process, especially in the dental field. I love teeth. Um, so it's just like, really taking that time for self-care and not feeling guilty about it. Mm-hmm. And then fun question for you. What book you would recommend everyone to read once in their life? Oh man, this is one of my favorite questions because I feel like a lot of people would choose a novel or something, you know, bigger than this, but it's called, I wish you happiness, Kate Boy. And I actually brought it to show you because it's so darling. And I feel like the title, you know, isn't, it doesn't give it all the glory, but one of my favorite pages in here is right here, but I, I love what it says. And it says, I wish you knowledge and wisdom for they are the foundations of a successful life. And it's written by Michael Wong. And it's kind of like my, I, I discovered this book after I wrote both of my books. And I'm, I'm, I don't know if it would have had an influence, but I feel like he would have, you know, triggered something to where I've incorporated, but it's such a well-written book that any age 
that reads this, it's a magical book. And I feel like you can take the time. It takes less than, you know, five minutes. And I like to read it and change out Paisley's name to the person that I'm reading it to, uh, to just keep it more fun. But I feel like it really empowers children to be the best that they can be. And, and we got to harness that, you know, like I, I love people that can be childlike and, and curious. And so that's why I feel like it's relatable to write to children, but also as adults, I think it's a good reminder. So check it out. I wish you happiness Paisley by Michael Wong. Nice. And then do you have any final thoughts and where can people find you to get more of this fun and uplifting thing that they need in their life? Yeah, I, um, I have my own website. It's a uh, pursuit of Stephanie.com. Just like pursuit of happiness. Stephanie spelled with the P-H-I-E. And you can order off of there. I also have a lot of fun free coloring sheets and, you know, the links to be able to donate to my fundraisers that are going on. But really, I feel like my piece of advice was just be brave enough to live the life of your dreams and enjoy it. Life is now. Save nothing for a special occasion. Nice. It's a great way of living it off. But thank you, Stephanie, yeah. for joining PR 360. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening to PR 360. As always, please subscribe to PR 360 on your favorite podcasting apps. Leave a five-star review if you like it. If not, let us know how we can do better for you. And subscribe to the YouTube page as well. But join us next week as we talk to another great thought leader in the PR industry. All right, guys, stay safe. Get to understanding your worth, your purpose, and then eventually profit. And we'll see you next week. Later.